Good morning. It is good to see all your faces here this morning. I was probably about maybe seven years old. My grandfather taught me how to ride a bike. I remember that day. I remember as we started off, it was obviously a small bike, but he had his one hand on the front handlebars and the other hand on my back seat. And as he was trying to assure me that I have this, he took his front hand off the bike and he was walking alongside, trotting ahead of me. And I said, Poppy, don't let go, don't let go. He goes, don't worry, I have the back of the, the bike of the chair here, you're gonna be okay. And anyways, we did that for a while. And then I, I remember this, this moment where I, I felt like the bike was starting to come alive and that I was doing it on my own. And he was running alongside me, but he had quietly just let go of the back of the bike. And there I found myself being able to ride the bike. I guess you might say I became one with the bike. Today we, we celebrate the great feast of the Ascension. It is that moment where, in a sense, Jesus lets go. But he had been preparing his disciples for this all along. We've heard this in the readings of the last couple of weeks. Jesus saying, I am going. I am going to leave you, but do not be afraid. The paraclete, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will come. And the disciples, they panic. Every time Jesus says, I'm going to be leaving you, they find themselves panicking. What does this mean? What does our life look like without Jesus? Can we do this? Do we want to do this without Jesus? And so I think it's worth noting that at the beginning of the gospel today, it tells us that when Jesus gathered with his disciples, they worshiped and they doubted. They doubted. Understandably so. And I think it's important that, you know, we, we reverence our humanity. They didn't understand all that Jesus was saying. And of course, you know, they experienced some anxiety of just the thought of not being with Jesus. And, and what is it, you know, that he might be asking of them to do if he is not there? Why does Jesus leave them? Why does he ascend? Why is it that physically... After the ascension, they will no longer see him. Because Jesus knew it was time to take the training wheels off. Jesus knew that he had been preparing them for this, and if he sticks around, they'll never reach that moment where they have the confidence just to, to let go, to trust, to ride, to walk in faith. They'll always be looking back physically for Jesus to, to tell them, what do, we, what do we do next? Instead of being able to tap into that gift that Jesus knew that he was sending them, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that he'd be closer to them after he left than before. And they, they, beforehand, they couldn't understand what that looks like. 
You know, I think it's been like 60 days, more than that, since we last gathered here publicly on a Sunday. It was the third Sunday of Lent. A lot has happened liturgically over those days, over those months. A lot has happened in your own life, my life, and in the world over that time. It's been a bumpy ride. It's been up and down, filled with, you know, different levels of uncertainty, anxiety, and I'm sure fear. But what's really beautiful is we come back publicly being able to gather for Mass on a Sunday. We come back on the Feast of the Ascension. And as we ask that question, you know, Jesus, why did you leave? And it was so that he could send the Holy Spirit. It was so that they could discover the mystery of how they are called to be the hands and the heart of Jesus. This is also the moment for us as we gather back to be reminded of who we're called to be. And we don't do it on our own. We do it in and through the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what connects this great celebration of the Ascension with what we celebrate next week, Pentecost. Jesus leaves them to send them the Holy Spirit so that they can evermore be his hands and his heart. Over these last 60 days or so, we have learned the spiritual art of and practice of spiritual communion. And it's my hope and my prayer that, just that during that time, that that has expanded something in your heart. That your heart is different now to receive Jesus in the Eucharist than it was 60 plus days ago. That your heart has been stretched with a deeper hunger and appreciation for what we gather to celebrate and who we prepare to receive. Pray for the grace as we continue with this Mass. And for some of you, this is the first time in a long time that you've received Jesus. Pray that, that all those spiritual communions have prepared your heart, stretched your heart, that this encounter would be sweeter than the last. And that the next encounter will be sweeter than this. That that practice of spiritual communion may continue in our life. And for those, you know, who are still at home, because they too... You know, they're following online, but this, you know, as we gather to worship, are still experiencing doubt. And maybe some of you here in the church, and I recognize we are not out of the woods yet as it relates to the coronavirus. And so we're taking the necessary social distancing protections and guards. But as we do so, we're also reminded of who we're called to be. And so may our celebration of the great gift of the Eucharist, of Jesus' promise to be with us always, in and through the Holy Spirit, would just stir in our heart a deeper hunger for Him, a deeper appreciation for who it is we receive today, and that it prepares our heart that the next one will be even more sweeter. Amen?